On this edition of Breaking Into, I'm talking to a woman who overcame her circumstance to better life in her community and others. Talking to Kimberly next. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives. Breaking Into. Uh, we're opening the show with a timely song. Or timeless song, but also it's timely. Oh, I love 70s Marvin Gaye. He was talking about stuff. He really was. And some of the stuff is still going on today. Yeah, what's going on? That's the, actually the question. Hi, I'm James Live Jr. And you're watching Breaking Into, another edition of our show here on Black Hollywood Live. So glad you can join us today. You can follow me on all social media platforms, or as I call the interwebs. Yeah, the interwebs. James Live Jr. And my guest today is a former foster child. But she is now a multi-business owner. Then, she, was, she had a life in the system. Now she's a Hollywood filmmaker. I mean, talk about life change. So beautiful. My guest gives back to her community um, in several ways, through films like The Last Day, 53206, Colorblind. She does stuff through Operation Save Milwaukee. And she's also a private donor for families who are unable to pay for funerals for their fallen loved ones. And when we say fall, I'm using that tune loosely because we know what's going on with them. We can talk about that in depth. She's known as the Angel of Darkness. I don't know Angel of Darkness. Her latest film was Grandma's House, which is out now. And I want to give, it's just my honor to talk to Kim Zukowski. How are you? Hey, James. Thank Welcome. you for having me. It's my pleasure that you're here. Um, we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, folks. You can follow us on um, on Twitter at BHL Online. Use the hashtag Breaking Into. I have a Facebook page, Breaking Into. Go there and like it. You can see this interview and others that are on there, on my shows. All right, girl. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. We, okay, you can, we can cut that now at this point. We're going, we're going, we only want them to hear her. You know, hear her. We're here. So, okay, first of all, um, I did not know what's going on in Milwaukee. Okay. So I would like you to paint me a, a small, vivid picture, because I know you can, yes. of your Milwaukee. What's going on? Well, what's going on in Milwaukee right now needs to be alarming to the entire world. Because in Milwaukee, in the zip code 53206, which is the zip code that I grew up in, uh, we are number one for poverty right now. We are number one for uh, African-American male incarceration. We are number one for the worst uh, public school system. And our murder rate is soaring. And we're actually 10 times more likely as an African-American to be shot and killed on the streets of Milwaukee than we are on the streets of Chicago. Because we we have a population of 250,000 minorities in Milwaukee that's steadily dropping. And within that 250,000 population of minorities, over 200,000 of those minorities live below the poverty line. So um, when you think of Milwaukee, (laughs) a lot of people think of the Green Bay Packers or the Brewers. But when I think of Milwaukee, I think of my my community and how we're struggling. And we need to bring awareness so that we can bring change to this, this community. Why did, I know, why did I not know about Milwaukee, that this part of Milwaukee? Many people don't know what goes on in Milwaukee. It doesn't get the national news and attention no. that it needs. And hopefully uh, with people like myself, um, we will bring the national attention yeah. that, that we need to have. But usually it's just swept under the rug. 
um, last week uh, we had a, a police officer. Tell us, talk, let's talk about that. Uh, Tell me. Yeah, um, shoot and kill um, a, a civilian mm-hmm. who was sleeping in his car in the park. His name is Jay, uh, Jay, and we need justice for Jay. And our prayers go out to Jay and his family. Mm-hmm. But he was sleeping in the park, and he was the officer shot into the window twelve times, killing this innocent man. And we have heard about the other two shootings on the internet, on Facebook. They've been all over. Yeah. But uh, Jay has gotten no national coverage like that, and his family has received no justice. The police have not released the footage wow. of the body cam or the recordings from the police car. <sighs> So, um, we, we just, we're, we don't understand why Milwaukee doesn't receive the same national attention that, um, other cities in crises are receiving because we are in a crisis also, um, there, but I'm going to keep speaking on it. And not only am I going to keep speaking on it, I am going to make a film about it. Oh, good. Okay, good. And that film is called 53206. And that is where we address and talk about the things that no one wants to talk about. And that's the violence in our community and how we are killing each other at an alarming rate. Our children are not even safe anymore. We buried a nine-year-old three weeks ago from a gunshot wound to the head. That should never happen. So 53206 is going to take you through the day in a life living in the 53206 zip code. We're going to get very, very in-depth. Good. And um, we're going to expose some things, (laughs) and we're going to let the audience know that this is what's happening in this area, and it is not okay. And not only do I hope to bring awareness, but I also hope to prick the hearts of the uh, gang members and those who are not obeying the law and those who are not, you know, having peace in their hearts and harmony for one another. Hopefully them seeing this projected on a big screen will want, will cause them to want to change as well. Well, I got my support completely (laughs) and I will, whatever you need, uh, you know, uh, wise it comes to like coverage or anything. I'm here for you. Thank you. Um, It was funny because I grew up in South Central Los Angeles, 70s and 80s. It was rough, yeah. to say the least. I, I always say I clawed my way out of there after high school. I lived elsewhere and I came back. And um, I thought back then it has to get better everywhere else. Because I used to go to New York a lot. Teeter was my family, and it was the 80s, and New York was not good either. Um, and to hear these stories and seeing these cities, it's still not better in no. some places. It really isn't. And we're talking 30 years later. Yeah. That's not good. All right. And, and, and I think that it's worse. And I don't know if it's worse because we have more projection now with mm. Facebook and, and different media outlets that, you know, as soon as something happens, everyone's tweeting it or putting it on Facebook yeah. or, you know, so so I, I think that, that we do see a lot more than what we would see normally uh, with the, the social media outlets. However, I, I think that we're living in a day and age where things are definitely worse. And yeah. we have not progressed, even though the media and, and those powers that be would like you to think that we, as a people, have progressed. We have not progressed. Yeah. We have not progressed. Yeah. And when anytime you can get away at broad daylight with uh, just because you're wearing a uniform, you can shoot and kill. Mm-hmm. It's, it's murder. Yes. 
but it's not labeled as murder. They're on administrative paid leave pending investigation. I'm sorry, but that is not progression. No. That's regression. Yeah. And it's time for us to take a stand and tackle these really difficult issues just the way that Martin Luther King did. And those of great who, you know, they, they fought for a freedom that we get to enjoy to this day. We need to fight for that same freedom so that our children can be safe and enjoy the, the freedom of just being on the street and not having to worry about being shot and killed mm-hmm. by those who are are meant to serve and protect. And I was telling you before, before we came on, I had an incident that many people know about, my fans and know about. I had a SWAT team on me last year. And here in L.A. on a Sunday, I was shopping, and I was the only black person in the store, and he said a silent alarm went off. Mm-hmm. But before he said anything, he, I mean, I'll never forget the face of the first officer pointing the rifle at me, screaming to turn up my hands up. Wow. I had one rifle in my back, two on the side, and two behind them as they searched the place. Everyone else in the store was white, mm-hmm. and they were sitting there, and they were just, like, watching me. And then they were like, okay, they didn't find anything. Mm-hmm. The, the guy goes, the alarm went off by accident. There was some glitch in the alarm. And they didn't apologize to me. They even screamed at me again saying, well, you saw us come up to the door. You should have already been ready and turned around. Wow. And I could and I'm like, I'm a grown man who, like, I mean, I, you know, I don't fit any of those things to try to say that, that these guys, I'm just a regular guy shopping, trying to buy, I think it was a cherry pie or something. <laughs> and obviously, I didn't get it that day. I left. <laughs> um, or Slurpee or something. I was trying to get something. I was like thirsty or whatever, hungry. Um, and... And it was one of the scariest things in my entire life. Yeah. But it wasn't the first time I've had something like that. Right. I've been driving while black and right. while black growing up. But that was the first time in a long time it was that extreme yeah. for me. So it can happen. People who think it can't happen to them mm-hmm. or always happens in just Milwaukee. No, it can happen. You're just trying to illuminate this is happening everywhere. Yes. But you're your city first. But like... This is this could be your city, right? This could be your city. Five three two zero six could be your zip code, mm-hmm. and everybody thinks that it 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 won't happen in in their backyard or it doesn't what? happen here, or you know that person must have done something. We're, the the problem Just. is that we're already condemning the victims. Where wh- how is that possible that we are condemning the victims and making excuses for trained officers? To kill our people. That is not okay. And it's not okay for any race to do it. You know, and and that's another thing is that with with Black Lives Matter. Black lives do matter. And yes, all lives matter. We don't matter. I will be the first to to say that. You know, but however, if if everybody doesn't take a stand, it's not just going to be a black issue. We need other races. If, If you are not racist... Um, if you care about the human race, then you will you will have a, a, a rage within you and you will want to do something just as we have a rage within us and we want to do something. I agree. I always say this when one group stuff's happening to them, another group's just like, well, that's just them or not. You know, you could be next. Right. Seriously. If we, if we let it go out of control, you know, the, the whole thing happened in Orlando and mm-hmm. I'm like. It's happening to gay folks, but it can happen to you in your neighborhood at some point, your club at right. some point. Right. It's happening to black folks, but it can happen to Latinos. It can happen to, I mean, like, it's like, everybody's right. like kind of, like you said, blaming them, blaming other people, mm-hmm. or that's just that over there. It's like, no, you're trying to say, it's seriously, we, if, we, if we don't do anything, right. it's going to be out of control. Right. And you're next. Yeah. And it, it's, it's not a race issue per se, mm-hmm. as much as it is a heart condition. Mm-hmm. 
you know, there there is something wrong with the hearts of some people. Yes, that's true. And we, those of us with good hearts, blacks, whites, Hispanics, everyone, we need to do something about those who do not have good right. hearts. Right. And I wouldn't care what race they were. If they are a murderer, they're a murderer. Yeah. And something needs to be done about them. I agree. But I'm with you on the whole thing. And black lives, we all know all lives, man. We, it's a given. We yes. know that. Yes. But there's, there's a reason why that hashtag is happening. Right. There's a reason we're kind of focusing on that at the moment because mm-hmm. it's alarmingly, I mean, it's always been going on, obviously. Right. You and I know that. But it's now really out of control. Yes, yes. It's it's really out of control. And anytime you turn on the national news and there it happens again, you know, these officers are not learning or even understanding that you can disarm someone or you can de-escalate a situation without taking a human life. What gives you that right to take a human life? You're supposed to serve and protect. You are not supposed to use that gun to murder. Right. That makes you no different than anyone else on the street. The only difference is you're in a uniform. That's true. But that doesn't make it okay. And it's going to take we the people... To let them know that this is not okay. You are not going to get away with killing us. I'm sorry. It's not okay. And we need to scream. We need to march. I mean, we need to make such a loud noise about this to where it reaches the White House. And President Obama, I know he listened to your show. (laughs) (laughs) He better do something about this. Yeah. He has the power to do something about this. Our yeah. governors, our mayors, our the legislators, the people we put in office that we vote for and we put them in office, they have the ability to do something about this. Mm-hmm. You know, something has to be done. Now, I want to do just a, a counterpoint. Just I want to make a disclaimer right now. I have family who are are law enforcement mm-hmm. and they're good. They were they were there there are a lot of good cops there. We totally yes. know that. We're not talking about that per se. I'm not saying right. that all police are back or you know, F the police and all that kind of stuff. We're just right. saying there are there's a lot of broken systems in the police departments across the country. Yes. And it's being shown, we're seeing it on videotape. Right. What's going wrong? Absolutely, absolutely. And we are definitely not talking about the good cops. No, not at all. I mean, I have the utmost respect for the law. I have the utmost respect for rules and statutes and, and, and all of those those things are meant to protect us and keep us safe. Yes. But what I am talking about is those officers who step outside of the law. Yep. Those officers who, while in uniform, are committing heinous oh, acts yes. of violence. Oh They're God. murderers. I could put on a cop uniform yeah. and, and shoot and kill somebody. I'm get, going to jail 40 to 50 years to life or even electric chair, depending on what state I live in. Mm-hmm. And these officers, what's happening to them? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. We're addressing the bad, the bad yes. cops, the bad seeds. But to those who are good cops and who are in an uproar about this also, we commend those cops. Yes. And we thank them because we need them to protect our streets. We yes. really do. No, we do. No, we do. Like, yeah, trust me. I won't be a police officer. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I'm big, I'm big. The ones you do it, I'm like, my family's you do it. My, my stepdad, my uncles, they're all, and they were all sheriffs and things, and they were they were good. And I, yes. And I, but, yes, so we're talking about broken down systems within there yes. with bad or corrupt or tired or bitter cops that are just like doing whatever the F they want. Right, right. And 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 I will say say this though, if you consider yourself a good cop, then do something about the bad ones. I was say, there's that too. Okay, because if you don't do something about the bad ones or you don't speak out and you're not enraged, then the blood is on your hands as well. Yeah, I agree. So I totally agree. I totally agree with that. Um 
what keeps you sane? <laughs> After all, like, oh, because you do a lot of, we're going to talk about some of your work and stuff but like okay. what what keeps you I mean what keeps you going I mean that you're like okay I'm okay I mean, I'm angry and I have other things going on, but I, you know you have a life and stuff too also mm-hmm. mixed in so how do you do that a whole lot of prayer and knowing that there's a God okay you know I, I, I know that there's a God and I know that um, the things that, that happened to me in my childhood, which, you know, are, are some of the most awful things that could ever happen yeah. to uh, any child. Um, things yeah. should have never happened to me that happened to me. Yeah. However, I don't believe that those things happened to me in vain. Mm, I believe okay. they happened to me so that I could be a voice for foster children. Mm. So that I could be a voice for yeah. women who have been sexually, physically, mentally abused in their life. Yeah. Um, I could be a voice for women who grew up without a father, grew up without a mother, grew up with parents who are um, addicted to substances. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I am that voice to let people know that you may be in the darkest of darkest places, but that light is at the end of the tunnel yeah. and you have to fight your way through it. But you will get there, and I'm living proof of that. You are. I mean, well, you you guys, you're not in the room with her. She exudes, like, greatness. <laughs> I mean, like, just in brightness, you do. You. Um, and so, because you were a foster child. Yes. I, now, I don't know what that would look like or feel like. Okay. My last guest was one also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know. I mean, can you just kind of just tell me a little bit about what it was like to be on a regular, just on a, a regular day, you're a foster child. What does that mean? As a foster child... You never forget you're a foster child. Okay. You never forget it. And it, it, it's almost like you feel like there's a big sign that you're wearing around your neck wow. that says, I am in foster care. Wow. You think the whole world knows it. Interesting. And it's, it's um, but you don't, you don't really understand the system that you're in. Okay. You know, as, as a child, I, I didn't understand the system. I knew that I was separated from my siblings. Okay. Um, and that, that was very traumatic for me. That was, that was harder for me than being in foster care was the fact that I was separated from my siblings and I didn't know what was going on with them if they were safe if they were suffering you know if they were okay so that is a really that's a really difficult thing it's very traumatic uh, when you're in foster care and 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 it's it's embarrassing because you you have the court dates and you know you they're they're doing school so the social worker comes (laughs) to your school And and on the PA they they call you to the office oh and God. and you know they don't even have enough tact. I mean when well when I was in school hopefully things have changed now, <laughs> but they didn't have enough tact to say you know to, to keep it private. It was like your social worker is here to oh take God. you to court. Oh <laughs> You're like okay, bye, thank you. Uh, I'll dissect like that frog later. Right. Yeah. And my social worker was was not someone who looked like me, so everyone in the oh office knew. <laughs> Oh and so that so you, you, you try to cover it up and you and, and at school you try to make it you know, make yourself seem like you're not in foster care, like you're just like the other kids until the social worker shows yeah. up. Oh so, you know, there there's a lot of things a lot of difficult things that go on with being a foster child. Yeah. Um the fact that you, you feel not really wanted and not really a part of the families that you're with. You you feel different. Mm-hmm. And um sadly there are there there are some good foster homes also. I'm sure. I'm but sure. I'm there sure. are there are some who make it a point to let you know that you are not part of their family. Oh my god! And it's 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 awful. Yeah, I'm sure. It, it's awful. And um, I I recently <laughs> obtained my foster care record <laughs> through oh, an open records request. Okay. And it's 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 that's 
I don't recommend anyone doing that unless they are ready. really mentally oh, oh ready sure. oh, sure. <laughs> to look at the you know yeah. what's in black and white written of, yeah. you know about your life. But there are some some notes in there that stuck out to me that that okay. um, said that you know a certain person did not want to adopt because they wanted to keep getting the financial benefits. Yeah, of course, right. And it's like, wow, you know, you're, you're just a, a, a check to someone. Yeah. You're, you're, you're never anyone's daughter or son. Right. You know, you're, you're a paycheck to them. And that, that's a horrible feeling yeah. to, to feel. And it's just, so with, with that being said, I wanted to, I want to make sure that children who are in foster care, they feel like they're a part of the families that they're placed with. And that's why I have a foster care agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, right. and um and our we have the great greatest foster parents. We really, yeah. really do. And you cannot tell the difference between the foster child versus versus the biological okay. child. Yeah. And we do that on purpose and we also specialize in sibling placement. Oh good. So we keep our, our siblings together oh, yeah. and even if we can't keep them in the same home, we keep them in the same agency. Okay. And then those two homes collaborate and they do okay. a lot of visitation. So uh, how many siblings did you have? I'm the second oldest of twelve children. <laughs> Everybody, just go. That is, oh my, I thought I had a big family. Okay, well, there you go, kids. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. So and you guys were all placed somewhere else then? Yes, we were wow. We were all split up. Um, wow. Split up throughout Milwaukee. Um, wow. Split up throughout the 53206 zip code, which yeah. is interesting also. Yeah. And none of us were actually adopted out. So, oh my God! Yes. So that that permanency, none of us ever really got permanency. But you guys in contact now? Yes. Oh, yes, okay. we're in contact now. Um, that could be good or bad depending <laughs> on the day. <laughs> That's anybody's siblings. There's a few sisters I can do without. Just kidding. I love you. Um, yeah. So I understand that. Yes. <laughs> but it, but you know, being in foster care affected all of us differently. Yeah, I'm sure. And we we've talked about that as a family, okay. and uh, we we've tried to help each other heal okay. through the process. I've tried to take some of my siblings under my wing and okay. and and teach them and and want them to want a better life. Yeah. But sometimes it's it's ingrained in you that you don't deserve better. Yeah, and yeah, uh, so they don't seek for better, right? But I keep trying to lead by example. You do, you do, girl. <laughs> J.R. Meadows says hello. He's Hi. watching. Um, so, what kind of parent has that made you? Oh my goodness, it has made me. I feel a great parent because I know everything that I didn't have, what I missed out on. You know what? What I wanted as a child, yeah. I get. I pour all of that into my children, okay, yeah. and that is what makes me not resent my mother. I actually feel mm. sorry for her because she didn't. She doesn't understand what it's like to have your children yeah. looking up at you with pride and yeah, you know yeah. showing you their artwork and telling you how much they love you and yeah, you know you yeah. having the the chance to tuck them in at night. You know, scream like a fool at their soccer games. <laughs> yeah, parents are rough when it comes to their kids. I'm one of those hardcore oh, soccer moms, oh okay? God. Oh my god. You and my, my daughter's the same way. I'm like, oh, do I know you? And she's like, come on, Scarlett, come on, come on, hit yeah. that girl, get her. I'm like, she's nine. Yes, I act yeah. a fool and I will go on the field and hit another little kid if I have to, okay? <laughs> oh, yes, I know you, parents. I know you very well. Um, yes. I'm that one. I'm that oh, one and I'm, I'm not ashamed of okay, it either. That's right. You own it. That's right. Uh, but yes, yeah, so basically, you become the parent you didn't have. I became the parent I didn't have yes yes isn't that amazing yes it is it yeah. is and, and and I love it I would I wouldn't trade being a, a mom for anything yeah. uh, being a mom is my my first job 
That's that's number one. Yeah. My kids are my life. Yeah. And I love them so much. And, and it's it's very recently that they even started to know and understand that mom mm-hmm. was in foster care. Yeah. And mom came from this part of town. I just started taking them okay. to see uh, their roots because this is this is a part of them. Mm-hmm, yes. And they they really got a rude awakening okay. when we walked the streets uh, mm-hmm. where I used to live. And I actually took them to the food pantry and the homeless shelter where, wow. where me and my siblings used to get meals. Wow. And um, I picked my daughter up because she couldn't see through the window. So I picked her up and I I showed her through the window and I said, down those steps is a big room and everybody eats there, you know, but you got to stand in line and you got to get in line early. Otherwise, the adults will push you out and you're not going to eat that day. And so they're like, what, mom, what? They have no idea. have no idea. Mom. But I thought it was important to, to teach them that, you know, mom's success came at a price. You know, I didn't just wake up like this. I worked very hard to get where I am. And even though the baton is going to be passed to them someday, I want them to never take it for granted. I want them to know that that all of this came at a price. And and I worked hard to give them the life that they have. So I want them to appreciate that. I always tell my kids all the time and my grandkids that I carry my ancestry on my shoulders and it's not heavy. It's not heavy. I mean, they're with me. The lessons I learned from my grandparents and all the others who let me have a TV show today where I get to talk to you, yes. I don't take for granted. Right. And it's just, they're always with me. So it's, just, it's, it's like a blanket. And I keep hearing them say, okay, James, get that guest on that has something to say that's meaningful. Uh, it's fun to joke around every once in a while and have right, something right. and kiki and have fun and all that. But you know, it's just something that actually has some substance, too. Like, I'm yeah. reminded of that. Yes. I seem like you're going to do the same thing for your kids too. Like, let them know they're going to hear you're going to hear your voice <laughs> for the rest of their lives. You're going to right. hear your voice in there. And say, okay, come on. Are you doing something that's meaningful? Right, right. That's a great thing. Mm-hmm. When do you sleep? Where do I sleep? When do you sleep? Yeah, no, <laughs> I hope you sleep. Obviously, with you at home and in your house. But I'm like, you getting a little too personal. I'm married. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> because people always talk about me. How I have many projects going on. I was like, how do, you, how do you sleep? I'm thinking, you too, girl. How do you sleep? Um, well, you know, I, I do some of my best work at night. Okay. I really, really do. Um, I love to write at night when my children are sleeping. There's, there's just so, so many thoughts that come, such peace and tranquility at night when the whole house is sleeping. Oh yes. So. Um, I'm I'm that night person, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good thing that I am my own boss because I don't go into work till twelve or one in the afternoon. <laughs> but look at me off camera. Let me see if that's true, everybody. Yes, yes, okay, yes. I would I would literally be fired because I would never get there at eight a.m. I'm sorry, it's not happening. <laughs> so I, I always knew that I had to be my own boss. Yeah, because you always I, knew. That's, that's yes. so funny. Okay, you're like yeah. Like, no one, I can't punch a clock. I can't do it. Oh, that's I just, so funny. I'd, I'd be fired. That's so smart, though. Actually, that's really smart because you know. Yes. And you found a way. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, folks, you can find a way to make it happen. You, if, you, if you know what your strengths and weaknesses are, you can find a way around them. You can find a way. My, my very first business was an ice cream truck. That was my, oh my first God. Yes. It was called Kimmy Z's Ice Cream. <laughs> I like it. That's so That's cute. where I push pops in the house. <laughs> I love push pops. Oh my God. It's my childhood. I love it. Oh, that's so, so funny. Yes, I actually, um, there was a, I was on the, on the city bus and yeah. I saw a, um, a mail truck graveyard. There was just all these mail trucks. Oh my God. And I got off at the next stop and I walked back down and I said, where, what do you guys do with these mail trucks? Because I was tired of being on the bus. I wouldn't, <laughs> I would have drove a mail truck 
Okay. <laughs> and, and the guy said, well, we sell them. And oh. I said, really? And I said, yeah. He said, yeah, we sell them. And I said, well, could I get two? Like one for parts and, <laughs> you know, one <laughs> just in case it oh was a God. graveyard. So, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they weren't in the best condition. And he said, yeah. So I ended up get, buying two mail trucks for about $400. Wow. And I made magnets with the ice cream, wow. <laughs> ice cream labels. And, um... I went to Radio Shack. Remember, uh, Radio oh, Shack was yes, really, it. really popular. Yes, it was. So I went to Radio Shack, and I got, like, one of those black blow horns, and I recorded oh, children's songs on them. Oh, that's so <laughs> smart. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, and then people would, I would drive, you know, through, through the city of Milwaukee, and people would be like, that's not a real ice cream truck. And like, look, <laughs> you want a push pop or not? <laughs> They're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, we're going. How much is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was, that was my very, very first business. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. God. And and it was it was so fulfilling and rewarding yeah. because you know little kids would run up to the truck and they would hold out their hand yeah. and they would be like what can I get with this and they would have like seven cents Aww. you know a, a, a nickel or you know a couple yeah. pennies and I would say you know what you can get anything on the side of this truck you want and that is that was the first fulfillment of giving back mm. to my community yes and. At the end of the day, you know, I would go home and I would count all, all of my money and I would have made so much, even though I gave away so much, yeah. you know, we gave away so much and I would have made so much. It was just, it was incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I just, that was a moment when I felt it was better to give than to receive. So you yeah. found a, we found a way to do two things you want, which is giving back and making money. Yes. Yeah. And being your own boss. Three things. Being your own boss. <laughs> you, found, you found a way to intertwine it together. Yes. That's smart. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it ever since. I know you, I know you have, girl. You've been doing it a lot. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to myself. I'm, that's what I've been. I'm trying to work it out. <laughs> well, you need um, an ice cream truck first. I, I know. <laughs> like, it sounds good, though, actually. Like, that's the way. To, that's the first thing to do. If anybody asks me, that's what you need to do first, okay? I, I never... I, I eat it all myself. I don't you can't just work. become a, a producer. You can't just become a lawyer. You need to get a nice cream truck first. <laughs> when I learned when I was younger, it's crazy. I love it. Now uh, we're going to take change gears just for a second because you do you you do. I won't say you do do. You do films. I do. I'm a professional. Films. I'm a professional. I swear. Um, you do films, and we're going to show us. We're going to show the trailer to one of your latest called Grandma's House. All right. It's a short trailer. Things are between us right now, honey. I just need you to stay here with your grandmother, okay? Baby, this too is gonna pass. Miss really miss my mom. Let me say a little bit more time. How'd it go down at the store? Mama, ain't nobody hiring a felon. A lot of people think life is more complicated than it is. You got to give the kind of love you want to get. Okay, so we're talking Loretta Devine, Flex Alexander. I met Wendy Kell Robinson not too long ago. I loved her. Too. Oh, her yes. energy was just like amazing. Coco Jones, my girl Jasmine Lewis, who I just <laughs> had on the show last week, um, who's great. Uh, what a great film. So this is based on a true story, right? Yes, it is. It is based on my grandmother, Marjorie Harris. And Marjorie Harris. That's right. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, I wanted to dedicate my first movie to her. Okay. Because she was the one who instilled love in me. 
she was the first person to ever tell me that she loved me, that, that I was loved. I'd never heard those words before until my grandmother said them to me. And I was 14. Was that when you first met her at 14? Or did you, because you were in a foster care. So that yeah, I was you... in foster care. I, I knew of my grandmother, okay. knew of certain people. But yes, that okay. was when I okay. um, was finally placed with her. Father's mother, mother's mother? My mother's mother, mother. my maternal okay. Okay. grandmother. Okay. Yes. And so she told you she loved you. She did. She Powerful did. Thing. And yes, um, and I'll never forget that <laughs> that right. day. And even though I came to her, I was a handful. <laughs> sure, I'm sure. Girl, teenager. Oh my god, I raised two of them. Oh my god. Oh, hard to believe. I know. I know. You're sweet and innocent now, so I, I can't even believe any of that stuff. <laughs> I never got suspended from school, got into fights, any of none of that stuff. Mm-mm. No, that's somebody else. <laughs> yeah. But she she had her her work cut out for her with when they placed me with her. Yeah. She really did. And she took on that challenge, and she was a servant to her community, um, a pillar in the community. She was a devout member in church, and she was always helping someone. And even though she was extremely poor, I'm talking making tables out of the milk crates, (laughs) and you throw some fabric on it, and you put a lamp on top of it. I've done that. Okay. I've done that. You know, this is the poor that that we were. However, she always found a way to help someone else. Yeah. I mean, she would literally give the clothes off of her back Mm -hmm. if someone needed them. And I never understood that because Mm. it's like, okay, we don't have anything why are you giving them yeah. the last chicken in the freezer? You know, and, right. and, and she never drove. We walked everywhere. Wow. We walked everywhere and we, we walked to the hospitals and, and she would go into the hospitals and she would pray for everyone, you know, wow. people that we didn't even know. And, you know, at 14, it's just like, oh, yeah. my goodness, my grandma's so boring. This is ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, this lady don't have a life. <laughs> she need a man. <laughs> so the, so the, the things that that she she was doing, I, I, they they were sinking in. Yeah, obviously, yes. But um, at the time, it was just so god awful yeah. boring. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I thought that she did not have a life. That th- those were my thoughts, you know. Just but as I grew up and I I, I learned what she was doing, and she was preparing me mm-hmm. for the role that I'm in. She was yeah. preparing me to be a servant as well, and she did an amazing job at it. I'll tell you, you know, it's, I mean, no offense to anybody other's racist mothers or anything. Mm-hmm. I just look, I look at uh, black mothers, black grandmothers, black great-grandmothers, black aunties. I just think black women are some of the strongest women in the world. Mm-hmm. I do. I just, I mean, not just I'm black, but I just, I just think they are. I just, I just, I, some of the things that black women have had to go through, through life. I mean, all blacks have to go through stuff, but black women especially. Yeah. That through adversity, through challenges, they lift, they keep their heads up high, mm-hmm. and they work it out. Yes, yes, and and as my grandmother went through so much, and I never saw her cry. Wow, that's amazing. I never saw her I cry all the time. Yeah, give Something up. Then, yeah, you know she she always made a way out of no way. Yeah, you know she we couldn't pay the electric bill. We'd be sitting in the dark, and she'd light the candles, and mm-hmm. she'd just be humming gospel hymns. And I'm like, what are you humming about? We mm-hmm. we are sitting in the dark right now. But she ne- she never complained about those things. Mm-hmm. So I found it only fitting and right to honor her yeah. uh, with this movie and, and she she loved to sing she wrote songs yeah. so actually some of her songs are in, in the movie wow. and she would always say I want the world to sing my songs I want the Aww. world to sing my songs and and now they are. <laughs> you're, you're a good granddaughter. You are. 
I, I love grandparents. I mean, I'm a grandparent myself, but I love my grandparents. I've always been very close to all of them. Mm-hmm. And I've lost most of them. I have, only have a couple left. Um, but I just I just love grand- grandparents. Grandparents are so important. They are so important. And you, you really think that they're strict. But, yeah. but but that is the greatest love that you're going to get from anybody is that straightforward love, that no-nonsense love. Yes. I mean, my grandmother was not afraid to tell you about yourself, but she, oh, yeah. she would do it in this strict, stern, yes. yet loving way. Yeah. And what I see now, I don't see grandmothers like the grandmothers of old. Yeah. They're not in your business. They're not in your face. Yeah. I mean, my grandmother walked into the middle of gang fights. <laughs> And she was not afraid, right. you know, to get in, right. in, in your face and in your business. And now, you know, there's grandmothers at the club because oh, they're with the with the kids and the daughter because yeah. they're all a couple years apart. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, this that generation is just lost. Yeah, we, yes. we, we've lost. Uh, and, and it's just, yeah. it's really sad. I have a grandmother who um, I see when I go to New York and Brooklyn. Hey, Grand Susie. Who's my, <laughs> I call her my homegirl. She's my homegirl. Um, so tell, so tell me a second. You know, well, I haven't seen you in a while. Why wow, you look? God, you gained some weight and everything. But then she'll have every food that I want. She's had made for me. <laughs> I'm like, you just called me fat, basically. But you made all my favorites. Um, and of course, I'm going to eat it. If I don't eat it, I'll, you know. But but you know that goes on, and she's very very straightforward. Um, island girl, mm-hmm. West Indies, New Yorker, just like right at you. But then I'll get a card saying, "I saw your TV show yesterday, and it was so good. I love mm-hmm. you." So it's like there's that, it's that kind of that, it is that old school way of yeah. just, be, you know, talking about you, calling you names, whatever, but then like, <laughs> I mean, lovingly, kind of like, but right, like, right. But then it's also that encouragement, yes, that we don't get that much anymore from right. people, right. You broke the cycle, girl. I you broke the cycle, <laughs> which is which is very important. People don't break. I mean, there are. Why do you think you are still around? Because there are people who have been in situation too and are not around anymore. Mm-hmm. Why do you as, you as you start to look back on things? Why do you think you're still here? Because God's not finished with me yet. Okay, He's actually just getting started. To be honest, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like I said um, before. I know that the things I went through were not in vain. Yeah, there to help someone out of their struggle. Yeah, and to pave the way for those who are who are hurting and who have been through the, some of the same things that I've been through. I'm basically, in a nutshell, I'm around to help someone else. I like that. Like that. Now, I asked my... We were, we're almost done, which is this is not fair at all. Oh, no. Because you just have to come back again and again. Just yes. when you're, when you're in five weeks, you just have to come back on the show. Mm-hmm. I have to come to Milwaukee. You've got to do all that. But I asked my guests the same two questions. Okay. I, I Folks at home, I do not... As you guys watch the show, I don't prep them ahead of time. So I want their <laughs> answers as now. Um, I believe in language. Okay. Uh, my grandmother taught me about language and how language can stop you dead in your tracks. Or it can also propel you forward, depending on what you're saying, what you're thinking, how you process. Okay, first question. Okay. What word in the English language do you think we should take out of our vocabulary? Should not say anymore. Swag. <laughs> oh, funny. I was like, no, okay. Elaborate a little bit on that. Why? You just tire of that word? Just like, it's just, or, just a, or project something that you think is like just not that good? I mean, like, I love that. That's an original answer. I've never heard that. Like that. Is it in there anyway? <laughs> yeah, 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 I like that. That is an original answer. I like that. I think it's in the Urban Dictionary. Take it out. Take it out. It's like, she's like, I'm done. She's done with that one. Yes. It's like for me, like, bay. Don't say bay anymore. It's I overused. I don't want it anymore. So, I like I like that. That's a great, I didn't expect that answer. Okay, so now on the converse, so what word do you think we should start saying more or bringing back into our vocabulary? Love. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. We need it. Yes. 
Yes. Like we really, it's, not, it's not cheesy. No. Like, we really do need it. Mm-hmm. And people need to not be afraid to tell people they love each other. Men are afraid to say it. Yes. You know, just families are afraid to say it they to are. each other. It's like, wait, I love you. I love you, James. I love, I love you. you. I love you, man. I love you too. <laughs> Wait, no, it's just funny. No, but it's, it, I'm going to get real just for a second. My mother, I've lost a girl in my life that my mother and I say I love you every time we get off the phone. Mm-hmm. I may talk to her five times a day. And we yeah. always say it. And my friend's like, you always say you love her all the time. What's that? I said, because you never know when it's me last time. Right. Plus, I want her to know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I say it five times a day, I say it five times a day. Right. It's important. It's a powerful word. It's a it's a short word, and it it carries so much power. Oh, it does, doesn't it? And it can do so much for a person. Oh, my God. You're mm-hmm. absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. You're totally correct. Thank you so much. <laughs> it was a, I mean, you, you affected change in me today, so thank you very yeah. much. Thanks for being present and being in this in this conversation with me. Well, thank you, and thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate I'm it. I'm your support now. Whatever you need, I'm going to help out if I can. Thank you. And I know you do, we can just talk about these, but you do blessings bags, and you do all this kind of stuff, so yes, you'll yes. have to come back on the show again. We'll, yes. We'll continue the conversation. Definitely you come back to California, come back to California. Tell people in that camera over there where they can actually find you on social media if they want to talk to you some more. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I do have a Facebook-like page, Miss Kim Productions. I also have Instagram and Twitter. And I also have a personal Facebook page. I may or may not accept your friend request, depending on how your profile picture look, okay? <laughs> she wants full face. Full face, please. Full face. Full yes. face. <laughs> I like that. And of course, you can follow us on YouTube and iTunes under Black Hollywood Live under Breaking Into. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at the Breaking Into Facebook page. Like it and see all these. And this interview will be on there also. You can follow me at James Live Jr. and also on your platforms. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you next time. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.